Another challenge for the Green Hornet. His aide, Cato, and their rolling arsenal, the Black Beauty. On police records, a wanted criminal, the Green Hornet is really Britt Reed, owner publisher of the Daily Sentinel. His dual identity known only to his secretary and to the district attorney. And now, to protect the rights and lives of decent citizens, rides the Green Hornet. One more item. Here's something a lot of us have in common. Broken appliances. Broken air conditioner. Broken down heating system. Broken down washer dryer. Broken down refrigerator. And if you're a homeowner, you know just how expensive it is to get one of those things fixed, let alone what happens if more than one appliance breaks down at the same time. Well, if you're a homeowner, you can get all of your appliances on a warranty plan that guarantees protection for all of your home appliances in case they break down. And best of all, it will only cost you about a dollar a day. Call the Home Service Club at 800-264-3168, 800-264-3168. The call is free, and if you're one of the first 25 callers, your first month membership in the Home Service Club will also be free. Home Service Club, warranty plan, Guarantees protection for all of your appliances for less than a dollar a day. 800-264-3168. Hi, this is Perry Gilpin, and you're listening to TV Confidential. July 20th, 1973, the day that uh, Bruce Lee died at the age of 32. Bruce Lee, who some people only still think of as Cato. Cato from the Green Hornet. He has still a cult following with all the martial arts movies that he, he made and produced. Right. This year marks the, this calendar year, 2013, marks the 40th anniversary of Enter the Dragon. That's right. Wow. That is... His final that, movie. His final movie, yeah. There's also... Uh, his death is surrounded by the same type of conspiracies that I would say surrounds uh, everybody from Pete Duell to George Reeve, uh, and, and, and several other names would probably come up in the course of the conversation. Uh, and uh, that was one of those things I didn't know for a long time what he really died of, because, you know, just as a kid on the playground, and, you know, there was, like, uh, my nephews would be trying to emulate Jackie Chan. Everyone on the playground when I was growing up was trying to emulate Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. And remind us, uh, you know, you said that. I can't remember how I he died. I can't remember either. It was a brain uh, endema, possibly caused by a reaction to uh, prescription painkillers. Huh. So it may not have had to have happened? May, may not have been necessary? It, it may not have been, you know, but... Uh, you know these things. Sometimes it's 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 something like happening to a Bruce Lee that other people down the line may see. Uh, you know the uh, the warning signs before. Right. And uh, and I also never realized he was so right. young because I think of him as having such a full body of work. He has such a. I think he yeah. does have a full body of work. Right. I mean those those movies were probably the shooting schedules and the factory setting of making some of those movies. Probably he would have generated. You know, as many movies as another successful actor would have done in, in, in three times the time span. And but uh, going back to Cato, I mean, it's, it's, this is just the nature of television, and, and more than one actor has, has dealt with this. 
one one role stays with you, mm-hmm. even though you're w- w- when you look at his body of work. You you know he he did a lot of other things that showed that he was a really bright person. Yeah, off camera, which you know. When when you play a guy whose main purpose is to kick ass, you know, <laughs> at the end of each episode, you don't think of that. But uh, he did an episode of Long Street. Uh, he, he did a couple episodes of Long Street uh, a couple of years before he died. Even though his his character on the role was to teach James Franciscus, you know, the martial arts as a way of self defense, they could have easily just made him a, a a stick figure, but they didn't. They gave they allowed him to have uh, some depth of character, and plus. Uh, he had a nice scene with Jim Garner in uh, in Marlowe a couple of years earlier than that, where he played an adversary. But and and even of the buildup is to show is to display his martial arts ability. He had a nice exchange actor to actor with Jim Garner in that scene. Yeah, I think he he was allowed to show his full talent, yeah. not just his martial arts skills. And I think he was also smart enough to know. You know how to market himself. That that again, we had this conversation on a previous segment. He was a brand yeah. before mm-hmm. we were using that term, and I think he knew that he was a brand, and I think he knew that uh, uh, how how to work with that, how to market that, how to use that, the responsibilities that go with that brand, and uh, so I think he 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 really did have a, a full sight of, of of who he was, what he was uh, about, what his potential what his limitations were and try to overcome those. I would say, yeah, without him, we wouldn't have had somebody successful like a Jackie Chan Mm -hmm. later who, you know, you would not think, you know, if somebody said down the line, this guy is doing not only the martial arts stuff, but he's doing comedy. He's carrying films. And uh, like, you know, you look at the tuxedo and, and, and the rush hour movies. It's like, he is very funny. Yeah, had, and and it's yeah, incredible sense of timing. Had li- had Lee lived, it would have been nice to see if he were given opportunities like Jackie Chan has been given. Because mm-hmm. if you if you watch Jackie Chan's early films, the straight Japanese films, yeah. it's, it's mostly you know what Chuck Norris would call chop sake. But uh, <laughs> when he made the transition and introduced himself to American audiences, he you know there was a mix of action and humor. And it would be interesting to see if, if, if Bruce Lee would have been given opportunities like that. I, I, I would, I'd like to think he would. I mean, yeah. you, know, you, you would see like when Jackie Chan did Cannonball Run as himself and to be able to make fun of himself mm-hmm. and, and, and proverbially take the pie to the face and all that and still be, you know, loved, you know, in, in that. I, I would think that Bruce Lee, you know, I don't know if he would have been the right age, but he could have been in a movie like, uh, the expendables, you know, down the line and had fun at his own expense. And still, you know, I think people would have adored him for that. Yeah, I'm remembering something about Bruce Lee early on. He actually got backlash, remind me if I'm wrong, from the Asian community revealing these martial arts secrets to the West. Yes, I believe that. Or at least if that's not real, that would be part of the conspiracy that would, yeah. And he also, I mean, obviously had a huge influence on martial arts becoming so popular in this country all of a sudden. Everyone wanted to learn how to do it. Well, and within a couple of, with within five years of his death, Chuck Norris became a huge yeah. star as, as a martial arts hero. And before we leave, uh, uh, Bruce Lee, he was uh, buried in, in Seattle. That was that was his home. His son was very young. Brandon was very young when, when he died. Yeah. And yeah, life-imitating uh, Life-imitating art. Life art. Imitating art and, uh, deja vu. Yeah. And also uh, a death where 
all the conspiracy people came out. Uh, there were cons- all these conspiracies about Bruce Lee's death, and then uh, as soon as Brandon died, which was very sudden, very shocking, very surprising, the uh, the conspiracies came out again. You know that this was payback, it, uh, and and all all of it was was um, it was something. If you talk to industry professionals, uh, it was the result of. Uh, not doing what you're supposed to be doing on a filming set. It was an accident, tragic accident right, on a filming set that didn't need to happen. It right. didn't need to happen. And I've had uh, several conversations with uh, prop people and people who have worked as armors on shows. And, you know, they will, uh, you know, be happy to tell you about uh, situations like Brandon Lee and John Eric Hexum. And, um, you know, it, you ask them and they will say, well, that's what happens when you, you know, are on a non-union set. Uh, that is, uh, you know, there are people who have certain jobs, certain responsibilities, and uh, certain precautions are always made, and, and these were not taken on this set. And when, and the story that I keep hearing from all these guys is when this happened, everybody fled except for one production assistant. So, uh, who was the lowliest person on the food chain? Yes. No so responsibility, no nothing. This is no title, no responsibility. Uh, to put it uh, nicely, uh, the gopher. And, and Brandon died in that guy's arms, and everybody fled the scene. And uh, first of all, this never should have happened. And if something did go wrong, there are procedures for these things to happen. And, uh, I mean, it, it really is a, a tragedy. And it's a shame that, uh, you know, talking about teachable moments like we did in another segment, there's been a couple of incidents since this has happened. Yeah. One happened on, on the set of a novella in Mexico. Uh, almost the same story uh, happened, except for it was on camera. Right. And uh, so, but it it is. Uh, I mean, I think we you know want to you know just just point this out because Bruce Lee, like I said, with uh, Peter Duell and with George Reeves and uh, several others, there are you know just the the conspiracy mechanism that's out there. Really, I think clouds what had transpired in these circumstances. The legends become uh, more interesting than the facts. And overshadows the person. Overshadows the person. Like I said, in the case of Brandon, it overshadows the teachable moment. Right. This should have been a lesson. This should never have happened again. It shouldn't have happened this time, but it definitely shouldn't have happened again. But I think all the, the all that other stuff that's in the ether out there, clouds, the lesson that should be learned. It, it, it really, you know, that that is a shame because their legacy is, their legacy should not be about their death. First and foremost, and uh, as uh, Bruce's widow once said, everyone talks about how he died. Uh, she wanted to talk about, about how, how he lived. lived. Right. And uh, yeah, they, there was even a movie, uh, a biopic about him that sadly was released about a month after Brandon died. And it was about his life. It doesn't end with his death. Uh, Lauren Hawley played uh, Bruce Lee's wife. And uh, basically, uh, Bruce Lee's widow did do a voiceover at the very end, and that's what she said. Because you, you know, just you just see him staring into the sunset as as the movie ends, and he said, you know, this was not about how he died. This was right. about how he lived. It's a good film. Yeah, it was a very good film, and uh, uh, the ending, uh, the end part of the ending was uh, a nightmare involving Brandon and uh, losing a uh, nightmare of losing Brandon, and uh, it took on a totally different meaning mm-hmm. by the time it made the theaters because and. You know, just to kind of put this to an end, it's, I think it's very important that um, we bring up who this guy is, who the guy is, not the legend. Of course, we're talking about an industry that is inspired by the medium that said print the legend. Right. But uh, 
this was somebody who I think uh, set the standards for many other people, like we brought up uh, Chuck Norris and uh, Jackie Chan, and uh, like you said, you know, I don't think Seth Rogen would have done uh, the Green Hornet if it wasn't, and maybe he shouldn't. But uh, well, that's another, yeah, yeah, he, yeah shouldn't. That's, he shouldn't. Have, we'll but, just go on record as yeah, saying that. But uh, uh, you know, Bruce Lee was, but, I think, very instrumental in this. Certainly of that kept show. that franchise yeah, alive. Yeah, that's it's what I meant. Kept the show alive. Kept the show alive. Kept the franchise alive. Yeah, it's just like you know, Tonto's just as important as the Lone Ranger, mm-hmm. and Kato was just as important as the uh, as the Green Hornet. And Tony and Donna are very important to this week in TV history, which will continue when we come back for. Hour number two of TV Confidential. Stay with us. 45 years of the Rockford Files. Revised third edition. The complete history of the Rockford Files on television. Now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 45 years of the Rockford Files. Available now at rockford45.com. Rockford45.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.